This is Alex Del Sordo at the uh, Rower's Choice Podcast. I'm with a, oh, I call him a DC legend, but uh, he might not say that exactly. He might not say that. But Dan Angler uh, has been the head coach of BCC for quite a long time. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to age him later in this uh, episode, but this is, uh, Dan Angler has been running BCC for quite a while and has seen some some pretty big uh, success. But what makes this a little bit special is that in 2010, when I took over the head coach position of Bishop O'Connell, uh, I was in over my head and I shared a boathouse with Dan Angler. And Dan Angler figured out and knew pretty quickly that I was from South Jersey. And that was uh, a lot of my language and word choices and the way uh, I carried myself. But I was a fish out of water. I had no idea how to coach a crew. And um, I had lofty goals of making Bishop O'Connell a national championship team. So uh, I'm watching Dan. He's loud. Uh, in some cases, he's obnoxious. Um, That's he, yep. <laughs> he, he, he lets his presence known. But What's great about it is that he does not ever boast about his crew, um, and the, the athletes knew that. So there was one day on the water that, uh, and I know that he will not remember this, but I cut him off, and uh, he yells at me, what the fuck are you doing? Get over, O'Connell, get over, and my heart broke, <laughs> and I then later went over to him, and I said, listen, coach, I am so sorry, and he just looks at me and says, listen, you do you. And just stay out of the way of our crews and everything around you. Keep a, your head on a swivel, and you're going to be just fine. Years later, he encouraged me every single day to make O'Connell faster, and I will say that we were able to do so in those couple of years. So here we are uh, with Dan. We're going to talk a lot about his work-life balance and coaching education for the younger coach because he's been around for a while. But I want to start with a background. Dan, tell me where you started rowing, how you got started, and why you've moved your way to D.C. coaching BCC. Well, I mean, I started in 1989. I grew up in Poughkeepsie, New York, where, and um, all of the Ivy League teams in the 20s and 30s and, and Washington and Cal had boathouses on the Hudson River that they would use for the IRA uh, when the IRA was a big deal in Poughkeepsie. They used to use the train rails that ran along the um, the river to, uh, to to follow races. I don't think half the people that listen to this even know that or remember that. What's that the, about about the history of the IRA being at Poughkeepsie? It was a big. Well, I mean, um, it's all over. For, it's all over uh, boys in the boat, right? Yeah, like, right. So, so um, uh, it, um, and one of the boat the boat I rode out of the Cornell boathouse. Uh, it was given to um, my high school by Cornell that no longer used it. I may have been condemned at this point. I think Maris <laughs> took it over. But, uh, um, and uh, a bunch of the pictures in Boys in the Boat were from the balcony of that boathouse. Wow. And so when I was reading the book, I'm like, well, this, this, is, this is where I started in, in the 80s, in, in the late 80s. And, um, and, and you're rowing at that point, again, just for clarity purposes, I mean, you're rowing in Dorigo's you're rowing Cashpers. They Cashpers. were they were the they were the first clear Cashpers that weren't cured. Wow. So they were like all rubbery. Yeah. And and and, wow. and the explanation was, oh well, they're supported by the water, so they don't need to be <laughs> stiff, you know, on the skin, you know. Um, and then we got some Schoenbrads, 
before they were Dorigos. Oh, sure. Um, and then Charlie started calling them Dor- Charlie Dibble started calling them Dorigos. Um, and then so and to get your hands on a Dorigo was a big deal because uh, yeah. they, were, they were better than showing and spoons. I mean, you're rowing spoons. Uh, we had wooden oars that we tried really hard not to use. But I mean, wow. I first started rowing with wooden oars because we were broke, and um, <laughs> I rode in an old pocock. I'll never forget seeing an old poke uh, an old pocock. Um, it was a wooden pocock, and I mean, I grew up pretty poor, and, and I looked at it and I thought, here, hit me with some of that. Too. Yeah, sure. Um, and I can make more. Um, talking about coffee. Uh, um, I remember looking at the old pocock and thinking, we can't row it. Like we're not going to row in this. This is furniture. Like it was. It was. Yeah, it was yeah. just. It was. It was beautiful. But and people. So- people don't know. People. It's so funny, man. Like, I, I talk to young kids all the time, and they're oblivious to like the history of rowing. I, I hear coaches on the dock all the time say, "Don't step into the bottom of the boat." Like you're going to do something to a resolute by stepping into the bottom <laughs> of the boat. I mean, that was the sa- that was the sales technique in the, in um, in the mid '90s. Was uh, the resolute rep was sitting on the boat, like wow. it'd be in slings upside down, and he'd be sitting on the boat, and, uh, or like he'd be scampering over top of it to load the trailer. And I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Like you can't do it. And, but that was the, that was the difference. That was the it difference. was that was the difference between that and everything else. And the reason you can't step in the bottom of the boat, people still. The reason people started saying that or did say that is because it was like a sixteenth of an inch thick and tiny. T- and wood, and your foot would go right through and the thing would sink. That's right. Um, but now, like, come on. I mean, all, all boats are strong now. But so so you mm. so there's a you know we're we're in Dan's um, uh, teaching classroom and there's amazing photos everywhere. But there's a photo of you sitting four seat. <laughs> In what 1994? Yeah, it is. Right. I mean, dude. First off, I don't even recognize you. Like, wow. Well, because I'm fit in the picture. (laughs) So this. So 1994. Like, talk about your collegiate career a little bit, and 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 sort of what, if any, successes you had um, at the collegiate level. Well, um, I didn't make my freshman eight. Um, so I rode for four years in high school, and then I went to Ithaca College, um, and I thought I was I thought I was great, and I just wasn't. Um, you know, <laughs> short, fat, you know, slow, <laughs> and um, it, 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 um, it became quite clear to me that you have to do things like train, and um, and uh, so I didn't make my freshman eight. And then the next year, you know, I think I worked pretty hard and um, made the, the second eight, um, which I thought was like, you know, this, you know I thought I you know, won the lottery being able to sit in that boat. And I was in the middle um, and I wasn't in the boat and then I made my way into it. I, and um, that was a huge success for me. I don't know. Like I remember um, uh, a couple key races, but I wouldn't say... I did a lot as an athlete. No, no, my ERC score was slow. I mean, I think I hit six forty-seven. Was like my top two K. You know, <laughs> no, which I'm, is I'm like choking a little bit because I know that you would not let an athlete be at that point at high school here at BCC. Well, I mean, I mean we do have athletes that aren't, but um, and honestly, I've had really small guys make the boat. Um, that are over seven, like um, two years ago. Even the eight, even your top eight. So um, we were in the finals. Oh, smokes. I guess the kid's a, a, a sophomore in college now. His junior and senior year in high school, he was 7'10", 135 pounds. But wow. The boy, but the boy knew how to row. 
And um, he got into the boat. um, And uh, um, I think I caught a little bit of flack from... Listen, I catch flack from, like... People make fun of the way my crew rows. I mean, they like, who is this kid in the bow seat? Like, what the hell are you doing? You know, like, I'll I'll, I'll sit a 6... 635 and row a 710 if it makes the boat go faster. Really? Yeah, yeah, because it's good. the boat's got to go faster. See, I, 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 that, that's going to be later in some conversations, but I want to get to, you know, you're up in New York, okay? You're in Ithaca, and you're, you're, you're completing your college. I think you graduated in like 94, 95. 96. 96, I mean, I'm not okay. as old as you. <laughs> so you graduate college in 96. Now, that's, there's 24 years here of gap, right? So... What happened after? Jesus Christ! I know, I know. It's twenty four years. years, right? Yeah, it's twenty four years. So where, you know, I know that you did some coaching up there, um, and then you, I mean, you've been in D.C. for as long as I can remember. So what oh, happened in oh, twenty four years? So um, my senior year in college, we went up and beat Hobart. Um, in, uh, it's a big Gen- deal. Yeah, it was a big deal, and we did it in Geneva. I, that, that that picture up there. Oh, that's so, it yeah, right there. there. We're smoking them. All right, it's not even close. We're no. smoking them. No, that's two lengths open. Yeah, that's right? yeah, smoking that's... them, right? Eat that, Jimmy. And so, <laughs> so, um, uh, so I couldn't get the trailer loaded fast enough. We're going back. We got a party going. Right? <laughs> yeah. like, we're cooking it up. And um, there's a there's a, um, a gentleman at Ithaca College named Ward Romer who's kind of the um, the boathouse is named after him now. Oh, after I didn't know that. A, a new boathouse. He was my freshman coach, and he was kind of the sage of the of, of the. Of the community there, um, or at least of the team, and um, he, you know, I'm pointing and loading, strapping and shouting, and you know, just we got to get the hell out of here. And and, and Ward <laughs> says, "Geez, Dan, like he's just on the side quietly." He says, "Geez, Dan, I, I, I think you wouldn't want to rush so much." And I'm like, you know, and I'm looking around. I was like, what, "What are you talking about, Ward? Come on, get you know, yelling at the freshmen." And, and um, he says, "You only have five of these left." Wow. Oh, I just got chills. Right, wow. and, and I was like, "You might as well hit me in the head with a hammer." <laughs> wow. I was in my, I was, I was at the boathouse the next day, sitting in my car, waiting for either him or the head coach to show up, so I could ask. It was before cell phones, so so I could ask, like, "What am I gonna do?" Wow. What? Like, oh what, my what, gosh. like, because this is the, this is the most important thing in my life. I, I'm still, I, damn, I'm getting chills. Like yeah. that, that is. I know I, I was in that position one time. So, like, yeah. I can feel that. I can understand that, like, right? Like, because you can't stop. No. I mean, it's impossible. It's, 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 it, it goes against absolutely everything we spend time, so much time learning. Yes. And then passing down and then develop. Like, it, you, you don't. You're going from a team to right. no team anymore. Right, 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 right. You're, you're family. You're family. And, and for me, um, you know, my, I can hear my, 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 my family just cringing uh-huh. hearing this, but like, that was everything I had. I'm sure like, it was. Um, my father passed away when I was 18. My um, I, 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 my relationship with my mom devolved terribly, and um, the team was everything I had. Man, and that's, the, and the I didn't idea, know that. and yeah, and the idea of losing the team was. I mean, I was desperate to be needed, and I was desperate to find a, a, a place to belong. And, and, and you're 22. You're 22 yeah, years old. That's right. So, like, think about how fragile that is. Sure. Right. Absolutely. And so. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the head coach showed up, Dan Robinson, who I respect a great deal, and I very much asked him. I said, yeah, "What am I going to do?" Wow. And he told me, "Like this was like this was 1996, so Row 2K was barely anything, no, but yeah. they did have ads, 
and you could answer um, ads in the back of IRN, the Independent Rowing News. Wow! And uh, and it was it was literally a newspaper. <laughs> the rowing awesome. News. It was just literally a newspaper, and and they would publish results once a week. And so you check, you get the you yeah. get the results, and you look at. Um, and I just started answering ads, and. Um, uh, every place I went and interviewed, I didn't get hired, but I did not interview at Skidmore College, and they hired me sight unseen. So um, Skidmore, uh, okay. Skid, so, I was, sure. uh, so I spent three years at Skidmore in Saratoga Springs. Um, it was a real challenge. I mean, uh, there are not a ton of athletes at Skidmore. I mean, uh, when was the last time you heard? The last time a, a Skidmore crew did really well. Well, I, no, that's not true. Um, they're, they're, um, Jim Tucci, I think, works pretty hard up there. Um, but the... Uh, I, I was not very comfortable at Skidmore. I, I think I, I, well, I know, I don't think, I know I thought I was a lot better than I really was. That seems to be, um, and we are in a classroom, so. so My for apologies the, for the bell. <laughs> it tolls for the. It's funny. So this is now the second time you've said that, where you were a little bit, you were in over your head, right? And you would recognize that you were probably not as good as you thought you were. Listen, right? if I if I knew now everything I thought I knew when I was 24, shit, I'd be, <laughs> I, I wish I, I wish that were a reality. You yeah. know, because like, like, yeah. I, I mean, I, I thought I was great. And, um, you know, I just wasn't. I mean, there's so, I mean, I wasn't, I hadn't read anything. I hadn't looked at anything. Like, I mean, I hadn't watched a ton of crews. To me, the, the pinnacle of rowing were, and it, actually it might still be, were the 96 Dutch. You know, and I, um, my, uh, my, uh, Dan Robinson had a VHS that I copied <laughs> yeah. of the 96 Dutch and I would watch them all the time. I know was, exactly what you're talking about. It was I know pre, that crew. pre, uh, yeah, they were, they were amazing. Um, uh, but it was before YouTube and being yeah, able to just course. call up, you know, video all the time. And Man, what a, what a, what a difference in time. I mean, that, that is such a difference in time. I didn't start rowing until 99, so you know, I'm, I'm already, I started when you were in your third final year at Skidmore. So like you, you yeah. were at Skidmore, right? For three years. Right. So then, then I went back and got my master's degree at Ithaca college in exercise wow. science with a concentration in sports psychology and sport pedagogy. So that's when you made a decision. I need to understand more of this coaching thing. Well, listen, I, I just, all, all I wanted to do was coach. I never, like I, I didn't, that was your career. You knew so, it. Right. And so, um, I wanted to go back to Ithaca because that's, that was home to me. I like um, that. and so, I, I went back to Dan and Becky, who've been there from like for like forever, and, and said, and, and said, what do I, what do I, I want to come back and coach. And I said, well, um, we don't really have you know coaching job. We have an assistantship. I said, what's that? Um, you go, you can go to grad school and yeah, you yeah. can coach the freshman girls. I said, okay, great. I'd like to do that. What's the degree in? And so it's 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 an exercise science degree. I said, okay, well, do you want to study exercise science? I'm like, yeah, sure. All I wanted to do was coach. Like, I wanted to go back and coach. Yeah, you were following your path. Like, that's where it was leading you. And so, um, and so. Uh, I took the GRE, I talked my way into the school, and um, uh, that was almost that. Uh, um, I did drop out to backpack Europe when the, the assistantship wasn't available. I mean, I had no right to get into the school. So um, <laughs> I talked my way in, they gave me a provisional wow. admission, um, but I had to show academic worth. Like I had to take a bunch of uh, science, because my Jeez. bachelor, I have a bachelor of arts in literature. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like, and so I mean, um, English is your is your that's second right. nature here. So, um, so uh, I talked my way in. And I had to show academic worth, and they and they um, and uh, my grades were perfect. And they said, "Okay, you're in, but we don't have the assistantship." 
Wow. And I'm like, well, I can't pay for this. Yeah. Like, I mean, I just spent all the money I'd saved in order to show you that I could make it. Right? I don't have any more money. Like, I, I would pay it if I had it, but I don't have any more. It's not like I'm calling mom. Wow. And so, yeah, right, right, and, right. so uh, and so, um, uh, I they said, well, there's nothing we can do. I said, and this, you, all right, here is the pinnacle of my arrogance, right? And it's terrible, <laughs> absolutely terrible. Um, I said, all right, well, you think you'll have the assistantship in the fall? And I said, yeah, we will, but I. Dan, you have to be careful. You um, you might you have to reapply, and you might not get in. Hmm. And I looked the head of the program, who was then going to judge my application again in the, in the fall. I looked at him, and his name was Gary, Dr. Gary Sforzo, and I'd always called him Dr. Sforzo, but I felt like he was lying to me. And so I, so I looked him in the eye and said, geez, Gary, I think you're thinking of that the wrong way. I might not apply. Oh, uh, and I said, yeah. I might not come back. It was, wow. I might not come back. And he looked at me, and he's like, is this kid serious? And I walked out. Wow. I walked out, and, and, and I, I reapplied. I got in. I got the assistant <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> like that's it. it was so wrong. That was the that that, is, yeah. That's the that's the one spring I've missed. I missed the spring of two thousand. And you were in Europe because I backpacked Europe. That's my pack over there. Oh, that's uh, it. Oh, yeah. You, oh, um, I love it. Uh, and um, so since nineteen eighty nine, I missed the spring of two thousand, and I've missed I think two or three falls. That's it. That's it. Wow. So then. Okay, so you do this Ithaca thing, right? You get your master's, and then that's when you get down to D.C., mm. right? So is that right. when so, you laid claim um, here? I, well, it's, it's, it's all my wife. I mean, she hated Ithaca. She grew up, she grew up in Scotch Plains outside of, oh. uh, outside of the city, like 45 minutes outside of New yeah. York um, in Jersey. And um, she was up in Ithaca because um, she, you know, apparently she loved me. And, um, and uh, God bless her. Even with the arrogance. God bless her. I mean, um, she tells me regularly how much I suck now, so it's okay. But uh, um, uh, uh, she, she hated it. She just, she hated it. There was nowhere to eat. There was no, I mean, there was just not, there's sure. not much in Ithaca. And no. so, so she said, we have to leave. And I was down here visiting a buddy um, and ran into an assistant coach at, um, the National Cathedral School who said the head coach had left and she said you're applying for that job and wow. I said well I don't want to go to DC he says yes you do um, <laughs> and we moved, and I, got, I was hired to be the head coach at NCS um, and uh, we moved down here in um, right before New Year's and uh, from 2002 to 2003 okay and then you were only there for about two or three years. Right? I was there for five years. Five. Um, oh, yeah, my I was. I was. Is the, off. I was the freshman coach for one year, and that's the start of period two. This is the start <laughs> Get to of class. period. Yeah. Right. Um, um, uh, I was. I was the freshman coach for um, the spring of two thousand three. And then oh four, oh five, oh six, and oh seven. So four springs. I was the. Uh, I was wow. the head coach. Okay. So. We should pause. There's going to be an announcement. <laughs> so we had a, a brief uh, break uh, because the students at, um, at the high school actually had a talk. So we're back and we're in 2008. And this is when Dan gets into BCC. So Dan, you, you started BCC in 08. Yeah. Um, I, I started teaching at BCC in the fall of 05. Um, so I was teaching at BCC and coaching at NCS. Um, a lot of acronyms there. Uh, and um, uh, the head coach at BCC, um, is a, I mean, Chris Graves is, is a great dude, a friend of mine still. Um, but I, I don't think he trusted 
having me around mm. um, because he uh, because I mean I, like you said would, would, would you call me like boy an asshole like would you say uh, yeah, I mean you were you were just like, you were loud you yeah. were I, I, I mean, mean my dog you peed were on him at one point like I mean it was it was, it was um, so uh, and we, we competed he was the girls coach and I was the girls coach and you, at NCS. you competed more so, than, so we were yeah. yeah we were at each other's throats um, and, and and that's what's great about Thompson's is that um, there are so many crews in one space all trying to slit each other's throats, but because, um, uh, but because we're in a community together, yeah. we kind of either have to get along or it's, it's in our best interest to get along. I remember being there and there was a clear gap between the teams that wanted to succeed and the acceptance that coaches had with one another, and then the other, I would call them the other coaches. Right? <laughs> just get out of the way. They just get out please, of exactly please right. Get out of the way. And <laughs> what was awesome is that you respected, even though my team was dog shit slow, right? Like especially for the first two years, you respected that we wanted to be good, right? Well, and you, you brought us under. I mean, you would ask questions, and I always, I always respected that. Like you want, yeah, hey, can we work out together? I'm like, listen, man, I don't like. Yes. We can. Of course I want to. Um, but we're just not fast try, enough. Try that. Work out with this boat. Yeah, All I right, remember now, that. Now work out with this boat. Now work out with this boat. All right, we'll break up into some force. Like, we'll do that. That's right. You know, um, because, I, you know, I listen, I, I care about your kids. I mean, because they're, I mean, I, I don't believe that they're trying to... Just do nothing. I think they're 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 they're, in, they're working the way that they've been taught yeah. how to work. They're they, and they if they didn't care, they wouldn't be down at Thompson's. It's it, it the place is too challenging to try and operate in. I agree. And um, so I mean, you wouldn't be down there talking to. You wouldn't be putting up with me shouting at you on the river if you weren't trying to get something done. Yeah. You know. Um, otherwise, you know, it's 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 not worth it. Um, it's it's too That's damn right. it's too damn hard. And this is true about rowing, right? It's just too yeah. damn. It's just too damn hard. Um, to I've never talked a kid into rowing in my life. You know, hmm. like, I want to quit. Really? Are you sure? Have you thought it through? Yeah. Okay. Listen. Then, uh, and if you if you want to come back, the team's here. You know, I think you're a good kid. Or hey, you know, good decision. Good luck. And you know, don't come back. You know, yeah. But you, like, you, know, you have like, created a self regulation in your program. I mean, and that that's really good. But you know, I I <clears throat> there's there's two questions that I really want an answer from you on and you know you're you're not in an, in an uncommon position you're a teacher you're a father husband crew coach right like when you add all four of those up i love each aspect of my life all of them together is a lot so it's a <laughs> it lot, is a lot right really. so so you know you're up i don't even know what time you get up but you have to spend time with the kids you have to do this how have you balanced because like this goes to coaches that you know okay let's say they're I'm going to use Joe McMullen as an example. I'm sure Joe, he'd love that. Yeah, he would love to. He would love to hear his name. Oh, just any, any other. <laughs> yeah, coach. All right, let's go. So Joe McMullen, five by five. Yeah, is a good <laughs> example. Like he's going to start a family at some point, right? He has a quicker passion. than some might think. Actually, there you go. So yeah. he he. I know that. Congratulations, Joe. <laughs> he he is he is getting married. He's going to be getting into a realm that. I think a lot of coaches have a hard time with, right? Listen, I'm very much looking forward to, to that playing field leveling a little bit. Do you know what I mean? Like <laughs> I Joe, 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 like he can, and, and I love him. I, um, he was out last night, pitch black, six o'clock. He's out there somewhere. And I'm worried about like, hey, is, and I'm looking around. Like, is he coming back in? And I can't see anything. He's out there banging away. And um, But so like, my, my question is though, just to stay on point. So how have sorry, you, no, sorry, don't, sorry. no, no, I, I know what I got myself into. With <laughs> how do you balance your time 
What can you tell a coach who's just about to have a kid? How do you balance all that you're doing? You're working 40 hours a week. You're coaching 40 hours a week. You got a family. Yeah. What What can you impart on somebody for that? Um. Uh, marry a, a, a patient woman. I I I, I didn't, and so <laughs> <laughs> it makes life harder. Um, How often do you get to see your kids? Do you get to spend time with your kids day? Oh, yeah, every, every day? day. Yeah, yes. Um. Uh. My youngest son, Gabe. He uh. He's fired up about Survivor. He like we watched an episode of Survivor, <laughs> the awful. first episode of Survivor. Oh, ever. ever. Oh, wow. And he's like, this is kind of cool. And, and he's he really likes football now. I don't. Um. So, um. He he's really concerned about not missing any of the football games in the playoffs this year. So, um. That's really great time that he and I get to spend together and my older son will um, is unique, but he's, um, you know, I drive him to school every day and, uh, and, um, so you do, time. you do find the time. I mean, it's all about yeah. finding the time to commit. Yeah. Right? I mean, I don't think I would, I wouldn't choose to do this if I, if I couldn't see my kids, like if, if, there sure. day, if, if more than a day went by where I wasn't, when I went, so when Will was born and he was a baby, I remember, um, uh, his bedtime was around eight thirty, and you, I used to get home around seven thirty mm-hmm. um, from the boathouse um, after fixing this and talking to that sure. and doing whatever. Um, and I remember making the change to put the boat away, make sure everything's strapped down, and then practically run to the car so that I could get home by six forty-five, and so yeah. that so that I could give him a bath. And you would park. At Potomac or close to Potomac Boat Club, if I remember, yeah, there was a time where you yeah, do that. right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I remember chasing after you, <laughs> asking, "I have a question." You're like, "Listen, man, if I, like talk I, to me tomorrow. I gotta go." Like, and, yeah. and, and at the time, I didn't have kids, I didn't have anything. Like, I was just, I was a 24, 25 year old chasing after you to get time with you. So I kind of now can look back, you know, as a father myself, right? Like, I can reflect back and see, like, okay, you know, you made your priority. Got done practice. You raced home to go see your kids. Yeah, otherwise I wasn't going to see him because yeah, he was going to go to bed. Deal. Yeah, and he, right. he was he was asleep before he he was asleep when I would leave in the morning, and so I had you know it was bath time. Yeah, it was bath time. I got to go. Yeah, you know, that's and it. I didn't understand it when I was twenty something, and um, the head coach at Skidmore would run out. Uh, Tucci, he would do this. He was doing the same thing. I know Tucci. I've met him a couple times. He's a really good dude. So I, I, I like Jim. I like Jim a lot. <laughs> I, you know, I wish I got get to see more of him. He, he's kind of reclusive up there. But, uh, <laughs> um, I, uh, I uh, and I would look at him. I'm like, what the hell is he doing? Yeah, like, right. uh, what is he afraid of traffic? Like, can't the can't the kid wait? Don't doesn't he understand that we've got rowing to deal with here? Hmm. And my goal was always to turn the lights on in the morning and turn them off at night. Like I had coaching two practices a day, working on boats, clean, cleaning, you know, the, the workbench, like all this stuff. And um, and uh, he was running home, and I didn't understand it. Hmm. I did, but now you do, right? Of course, of course. Of and course. I don't know how old your kids are. I mean, I, I twelve I remember, and eight now. Twelve and eight. Yeah. yeah. So this is now a powerful time in their lives. Yeah. Right? The twelve-year-old wants me around a whole lot less than uh, lately, <laughs> but, um, which is fa- which is fine. Yeah. <laughs> He's a so, moody guy. So so okay, you want to you want to marry a patient wife or or a patient partner, but you didn't, right? So okay, so that basically what you've come down to is it's just you just just like in rowing, you just make it work, right? You set your priorities, you cut ties, and you make say, enough, make, uh, bring home enough money uh, to where um, the family doesn't work without it. Okay, right? I yeah. mean, that's 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 that that was that that was a couple important steps because I, I had a a plan of stopping. 
Um, in 2010, I thought I had two more years. No, excuse me. In 2009, I thought I had two more years. In 2010, I thought I had one more year. Wow. And then the head coach left. Chris Graves retired. Yeah, right. And... Um, uh, and I, I thought I was being transparent with him, to be honest, and he was using this information to, to, to know when to bail, um, <laughs> which was, I thought, kind of shady. But, um, uh, and he bailed, and the board came and said, you know, we'd like you to be the head coach. And I said, guys, I, in order for me to be the head coach, I have to bring... A certain amount of money in. Right, I have to, I have to be able to go home and, and talk to my wife and say, they're willing to pay me this in yeah. order to keep going. And the first number they gave me was like, I'm not going to... Forget about me. I'd do this for, for for nothing if I could. But I've got I've 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 responsibility. Not only just responsibilities, but I need to be able to convince my wife to keep accepting this. Because it's weekend. It's nighttime. It's right. not just uh, another thing. I, I I did not practice on Saturdays. Family. Um, Look at that. Uh, yeah, I had no idea. Yeah. Um, up until probably two or three years ago, I did not practice on Saturdays until the racing season. So like March when you get those long Saturday practice, didn't do them. Nope. Um, uh, in the winter when, you know, uh, the captain's practice, spin the earth. But you also there. stay away in the summertime, right? I mean, you keep your distance. In um, unless it's summer camp because I need the money. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, I, 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 I didn't. I, I coached Thompson's in 04, 05, and 06. Um, but that's just that's summer. a different time. That's right. right. I mean, that's like, before, that was before were, kids. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Uh, so my son was born in 07. You so. can do whatever you want, that's right? right. Yeah. Back then. Yeah. Um, so, <clears throat> you know, I have a number of questions for you, but you know, we've 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 gone a long way here. The the, the last one, and and this is to me, this is the most important. Is you've in in your personal growth, right? You've learned arrogance is not the way, right? So now. Our focus with Rower's Choice is communicating to the 24-year-old coach. The one, the coach out there that says, I want this to be my career. We want to help them because there's no path for them to take. So, Dan, what would you say to your 24-year-old self right now that, who's about to start a career in coaching, who wants this to be their career? Like, what would you say to that person right now? Find good coaches to work with. Go to learn from. To learn from. Um, and uh, I was never afraid of carrying the gas. I, I rode with Tom Tirar, um when he brought the under-23s to Ithaca. That's and, a big deal. Um, I, I, I rode around with him in his launch, and um, it was a couple days before he said it was okay to, to ride in the launch. Hmm. And I'm like, oh, okay. And then he's like, just sit there and be quiet. <laughs> and then there was, you know, and I, I did that. And then he was... He had the video camera, he was driving, and he was trying to talk. And I said, um, coach, excuse me, coach, could I do one of those? Th like, do you want me to drive or do you want me to video? Video, but get it like this. Okay, and I videoed. And then he went back and looked at wow. the video, and it was good. It was, it was, it was usable. And so then, well, you must have felt like a million bucks. Oh God! I was like, yeah, just yes, sir. It was before he was the man, though. Yeah, sure. He was, um, yeah, this is. He, I mean, this is '90s. This is. Yeah, my... right. So he was, um, and uh, what essentially it was after the 2000 Olympics cleared yep. out. Yep. And everybody stopped. Everybody wanted to be part of the Millennial Olympics, uh, the athletes. And so the under-23 team essentially became the Olympic team. It became the national team. Yep. Um, and, uh, and so he, as the coach of the under-23s, became the national team 
coach. And so, but at the time, it was still the under 23s. So he was, I mean, and I remember just, you know, just trying to, you know, ride around with him. Um, you know, and then I was driving the launch. And at first I was taking video, then I was driving the launch. And then, and then he went down to Princeton. Yeah. And I should have gone. And really? I didn't go. Do you think that that would have been your entryway into higher level coaching? Um, see, that's uh, what you said is insulting. Um, I don't think that, so. Uh, um, I don't. I don't think high school coach. So this is this is the thing. It's not like high school is the minor leagues, uh, or like the 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 single A ball followed by college, followed by the pros. Do you, you know, know what I mean? You, like you, you're going to make me write something down because I, that is a future topic that I think needs to be talked about. And I think you're there. There's. Let me just dovetail off of this because I think you're absolutely right. High school rowing, if you look at majority of the coaches out there, they get paid $2,000 a season, Jesus right? $3,000. I know a guy, Ian Tapp, I'm going to put him on the spot. He's the head women's coach of Ocean City High School. They're killing it right now, right? He makes, <laughs> he makes less money than any person that I know in his coaching position, and he essentially donates it back to the school and says, I just, no, I'm, it's, it's not insulting, but when I look at it and I see what he's able to do and, and what he's done for the athletes, it's shocking that that could not be a career for him. Yeah. And we are such, we are in a position where we want even high school coaches to be a career that they don't have to do anything else, right? They should be able to do that full time, develop the youth, develop the athletes At the to make them time, better people. And we're, we're competing against teams that some of them have that. Yeah, and that's right? a challenge. Like, I mean, um, uh, there, there, there are prep schools where um, a, a, a guy will be hired as like an athletic director, an assistant athletic director, um, and that guy's job is essentially to coach the rowing team, and um, it's an endowed position, and uh, and and um, all he has to focus on is that. Meantime, you know, people are scrapping and doing what you're describing. Yeah, you know, right. all in the, all in the same league. I think that the like in the in the like if you look at the Stotesbury Cup and. The number of the, the top 18 crews and the margin of the top 18 first dates at the Stotesbury Cup from first to 18th, it's a far narrower margin than at the IRA. I'll tell you that. That's like, true. Right? Yeah, um, th th there's, there's what? 10 really competitive crews um, at the Division three level. Mm -hmm. um, and it, uh, the, the gap between 1st and 18th at the Division three level is far wider than it is at the Stotesbury Cup in that time trial. The, um, I remember missing the time trial with O'Connell by 1.3 seconds. And we were from 18th to 22nd. It was a 1.3 second gap. And, and, and like that, so I understand what you're saying. So let me, let me rephrase my question. If you had followed... If you had followed down to Princeton, do you think that you would have gone to a collegiate or national team level coaching? Like, would you have, would you have coached national team athletes? Um, I maybe I, I don't probably not. No, I think I, I think if you're coming from a Division three level and you're fat and you're slow, like I don't know that there are a lot. <laughs> you know, I don't know that there are a lot of um, opportunities for uh, for that when you have the opportunity to hire a guy who rode on the national team, and, right, right. And, and competed at a very high level and rode. Um, but uh, um, I would have learned more. Learn you more, know, which I would, you could have I would used have for your future. More. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a, this is not an um, autodidact. 
even if you're an autodidact, I don't think it's something you can, I don't think understanding this sport is something you can learn yourself. Mm. I mean, I needed mentors. and um, I Who's needed, your mentor right now? Do you have any? Um, I think Coach Jesdale is, and I talk a lot. Um, and we talk, and he knows more than I do. Um, you know what's they, interesting? If, if I'm sorry to cut you off, yeah. but the generation gap between 20-year-old coaches now and then like us, like I'm 34, I'm, you're in your late 30s, 40s, right? I'm, I'm, thank you. For, that's kind. <laughs> you're in your 40s. I'll be 46 in So you're 46. So you, know, you didn't grow up with a cell phone, no. right? You no. didn't grow up with internet. So no. for you to learn, you're comfortable picking up a phone and calling somebody up. I think 20-year-olds have a harder time with that, right? I, think so. I, th- I do. I, I think that they are worried to ask questions to a guy like you, a guy like Steve Gladstone, a guy like Mike Tady. I mean, the you know, as you work up into the coaching successes. Yeah, please. I mean, you're Mark talking Mandel, about... Like Mark Mandel. Right, so like, Mark and I will pick up the phone and talk to each other. I, yeah, but, but I, I think mean, I'm not, younger, I don't have a position to pick up the phone and talk to Gladstone <laughs> or, or Tady. Like, come on. I, I, just, I, use that, I use that as a, as a far out sure, you know, position. Sure, that's fair. But right. if you have a like, like Mark Mandel, I know that when I was coaching, I had a hard time going up to him and saying, could you give me some advice on something? Like... I, I revered them. You know, I put certain coaches at a, at a level that I had a hard time talking to. And I know that certain generation with the gaps, they're, they're nervous to, to talk. So, you know, you answering the question, you what know would who you I, do? You know who I would call? Who? I would call Larry Gluckman. Larry Gluckman. He was at, he was yes. at, I, 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 there's no way he would remember this, but like I would call concept two. And wow. I knew that I could get a hold of him, and uh, and 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 then I'd be like, once I got him, like I was just firing questions. <laughs> there were two guys that I thought were like, these are the guys I relate to. Um, I did. I never spoke with uh, Coach Ted Nash, but I felt like he was a big, gregarious, loud yeah. kind of guy, and he was a guy I wanted to be like. Because when I started, um, Coach Joy was doing his um, uh, Joy of Sculling conferences. They, they were in Geneva and. Yeah. He was bringing down his Canadian friends, and he would get a speaker. But the, it was it was kind of an insular group. It wasn't like a huge group That's that right. would go to these things. And um, he was he's big on meditation and on inward thinking and on. And I, I studied this because this is what I thought I needed to know because mm-hmm. I, I was desperate to understand what I didn't understand. I, I, yeah. I, I don't like not knowing. And mm-hmm. if there's something to learn, I want to learn it. Um, I'm much more that way now than I was when I was in my 20s, and, and I think that's um, a, a really important perspective to have is to is to have a desire to understand what you don't. Um, but uh, I, I didn't relate to Coach Joy's um, inward kind of um, quiet presence, mm. um, and uh, and I I, I do quite, quite Jimmy's a fiery dude. I don't know how like he was yeah. all about the meditation, but I I wonder just how meditative he was on the water. <laughs> I don't, right? think, I don't like, think he was at all. Right? So so um, I think there's that that public persona where he's speaking, he's practically whispering yeah. to a group of 500 <laughs> people, and then he then Jimmy on the water. But uh, and I did not, and that's stupid of me. I didn't drive up. To Geneva to ride around in the launch with Jimmy. I should have done that. Yeah. Right? Um, that, that was an opportunity missed in my 20s because I hated Hobart. Like, from Ithaca, you don't like Hobart, you know? And then so you got to <laughs> stick it to Hobart. Uh, uh, no, I don't need to know anything he knows. I'm going to, we're going to just be, right? And, um, yeah. uh, but uh, uh, Ted Nash was gregarious and loud, and I loved yes. it. Same thing with Larry Gluckman. You know, he's got the accent. 
Yeah, you know, and he's right. got and it is an accent that's comforting to hear, given mm. where I grew up and and the people I grew up around. You know, and um, and uh, listening to him talk about um, the way that they would uh, compete and have a lot of fun. Yes. and create trophies and the way that the 3V would get its ass kicked regularly until the last piece and as they saw him reaching for the megaphone to say they're gone right and then racing to the dock like their pants are on fire and their yes. ass is going to catch and they win it and they cheer and the, the, the other two boats would be all pissed off and they dock and like that's great you know that that's fabulous stuff, and I was like, "These are my guys, yeah. right?" And um, so I'd want to listen to them. So I'd call Concept Two, and if I once I got Larry on the phone, like I just fire. I have a list of like question, 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 and he'd be like, "Listen, kid, I gotta go." You know, <laughs> <laughs> one more question, please, and I would ask. So this has been this has been an awesome uh, time here. Um, you know. If you if you if you listen to the whole podcast, you're, there's a couple things that really would stick out um, to me specifically. But it's um, it's it's the passion that Dan has for the sport and for his athletes. Don't, as a young coach, watch your arrogance and 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 remember that um, you don't know it all. And then the last real big thing is um, be willing to ask for support and help and find the right coach that you trust and respect to be a mentor. I hope you've enjoyed it. More from us uh, later this week. Thanks for listening.